Welcome to One Long Conversation. I'm Sonia. And I'm Colby. This is a podcast about spiritual awakening. Yeah, and through that we talk about art, culture, conscious parenting, and healing yourself so you can express and freely share your unique perspective with this world. This is a fun and informative conversation that we have daily, and we're sharing it with you. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoy. That was a really good intro. I know I actually hear that jingle in my mind now from time to time. And then I'm like, because I hear songs often. What is that? Oh, yeah. That's our one long conversation. Intro. Oh, that's right. Colby created that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, some, at some point, I'll probably change it up, too, because I'm just, I don't know, I get bored. So it's I like, know. I gotta do something new. It's fun. Yeah. It's like changing the show title. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. What are we talking about today? Um, I wanted to talk about uh, not taking yourself so goddamn seriously. That's, that's what I wanted <laughs> so, to talk about. So is the title, not taking yourself so goddamn seriously. <laughs> yeah, I had a much more clever title, but I stupidly trusted myself to remember it, and that was a mistake. I don't remember. Oh, really? But that, I, I, it's fine, because I know it'll come to me later. It's just, it's one of those, see, this is what I mean, is it's like, Instead of like me in the past would have probably looked at me forgetting that and I would have been really, really hard on myself. I am very hard on myself. So it's like I would have been really, really hard on myself about that. Um, but part of growing and, and realizing that like, you know, it, it's fine is just kind of me accepting that I have a really poor memory and I come up with a lot of ideas, but it's kind of like in very quick and then it like leaves. So. That's what the it's audio, like, that's what the memo thing on yeah, your phone I, is for. So you just got to whip that I out. Do, and I do that, that a lot. But another thing that I've learned to do is like if something, if I do forget something, I don't get hung up on it. Even right. if it was like a really good idea, I'm just kind of like, instead of getting angry at myself, I laugh at myself now and I'm just kind of like, oh yeah. Because <laughs> it's funny. It's like, it's like I have, a, I have a really bad memory when it comes to that stuff. And, mm-hmm. I, and I'm very like, I'm very quick with things. So it's like. You know, hey, if I I guess it if it was meant to come back in, it'll come back in at a later point. Or maybe I'll think of something even better. I have no idea. But that release of the tension that you would have otherwise created by re- really trying to hold on to something, you know, that yeah. that release is necessary for creativity. Yeah. And I feel like that's one of the reasons why I'm naturally such a creative person was because I don't really get attached. Like like my attachment grew as I got older and I put more value in my creativity. But mm-hmm. and this is something that that adults do when we're young we're infinitely creative so we have this ability to to just make things we come up with all these ideas and worlds and creations and it's fun and you know it's like we we come up with all these silly these silly things that adults are like oh haha that's fun that's kids and then when you grow older all of a sudden you have kind of this this serious edge that gets added to things because your life starts to kind of go on the line. At least a lot of people interpret this that way. It's kind of how the world is set up to be interpreted for a lot of people. They think, okay, I need to make a career out of this. I need to monetize my abilities. I need to do something serious, right? And so whenever you put that serious inclination on things, 
if especially if it's something that's creatively involved, and I believe the whole world is creative. I believe every job, every position, every person, their life path requires creativity. So I kind that's of look, being human. Yeah, I look being at the human world is creating. As, the world is a big art installation, and it's just kind of like everyone's artists in their own right, and they're all just kind of you know throwing paint on a wall. And I think that I think that that serious edge that accompanies being an adult, I think that that removes a lot of the fun that is necessary to keep things flowing from inside you to outside the world. And I've found that as I've, you know, as I've grown older and when I was young for a while, especially in middle and high school, well, through ah, my whole childhood, I wanted so badly to be an adult. And I was really like Sweetie, wanting people to see me as like a mature adult. I would say from the moment that you were born, you were wanting to be an adult. Yeah. You were frustrated as an infant. You were frustrated for the first year of your life. You were frustrated in the second year of your life. You wanted to speak clearly. You wanted to enunciate. You wanted, you wanted to relate to adults. Yeah. Almost more than kids. And you I, I were did. almost like you were you were and I keep saying you were the the typical oldest child in that when you were born, you almost wanted to take care of others as if you were the authority, but not in a not in a you know, a lord way, in an actual nurturing way, like you're the parent. You mm-hmm. would you would take care of other kids when I would bring you to um, you know, little I mean, you did preschool for one year, but the interesting thing, and the teachers noted this, that you were making sure that the other kids were safe, or if a kid fell down, it's like you had a lot of empathy. Yeah, so clear. You know, oh, are you okay? And the teachers were like, for my he's incredibly mature. Now, I think there's... There was a lot of a lot of wounding that certainly carried over into into my life here. Um... Because what that behavior did to me is it actually, it caused me to really refrain from engaging in, in, in fully embracing my childhood. And I find that as I've grown older, I've, I've looked back on that and I've seen it in a, a less, that, that characteristic, and I've seen that in a less favorable way. Um, because really, I didn't allow myself to fully be a child in my rush to get older. And now that I'm an adult, and I'm really understanding what adulthood actually is, and, and, and what it is like for a human being to, to grow old, and kind of have a lot of like the split between the personality, like the self, the, the identity... Um, and then this body and, and all of the age and all of that. So like, there's like a disconnect there because the personality doesn't necessarily age with the body. And I, and in my experience and which I have some time on you in this body, no, my personality is pretty much the same. Yeah. Um, I've just learned how to control it more. Yeah. If you, you know, if you're constantly doing the, the consciousness work continuously, Observing. No, your personality doesn't change. What happens in adulthood is that your body gets to a peak 
And you know, your fertility peak is actually when you're at the end of adolescence. (laughs) Your fertility peak begins to wane. And as you move towards middle age, as you move towards 50 for women, um, the the decline becomes dramatic and shocking. And the weird thing is, is that you still feel the same. Your personality has, you know, seasoned, I could, I guess we could say, and your body is not responding the way it used to. It's not recovering as quickly. It's not bouncing back. Mine is more than others because I've taken really impeccable care of my body. Not everybody has. But it does, and it's honestly, it's it's shocking because mm-hmm. you're just like, why would you do that, body, or why wouldn't you do that, body, or what are you doing? We didn't, we we don't do this, or mm-hmm. we never did this before, and then you realize that youth is very finite. Mm-hmm. I really, I know from my life, from this current life, that it's short. I know that I'm here to play. Mm-hmm. I know that I'm here to bring fun and joy and elation and laughter to this world because that's how I feel naturally within myself. Mm-hmm. And yes, when we talk about, you know, lighten the fuck up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm here to show people like let go and lighten the fuck up mm-hmm. and do not take yourself seriously. In the early part of my life, because I was born to the parents that I was born to, I did take myself too seriously. Yeah. And I learned, I learned and I had, I had mirror reflections back to me starting at a very young age that you need to laugh, you need to play, you need joy, you need to have fun. And when you were talking about the career and the focus of adulthood, You can make a career out of what you think is fun. You know that already. I would even go so far as to say that your career should have really nothing to do with, uh, let me think of how to say this. Your career should have no bearing on whether or not you have fun. Because I've, what I've understood now is I've separated kind of these three selves, right? So we have, we have kind of the soul that we come from. And the soul is a universal grouping of every consciousness. And so we come from that. And then there's the personality that we form that makes up our individuality. And that makes up who we are as kind of like a individual consciousness on this planet playing out these different parts. And then we have our body. And the body is the most physical self. And the body ages. It determines how long we have on this planet. The personality is the self that we really come here to experience because the personality is the most interesting thing. The personality is the part that experiences the most growth, the most emotion, the most rise, fall, everything. So it's the part that we really come to focus on because when we go back to the other self, we don't have that personality. We experience everything and nothing all at once. So there's really no point in having that all the time. That's why we come down into this. And because of that, it's like these... This focus on the personality then when you have the time limit of the body kind of factored and it's like, okay, I have now, I get the game, I get what it is. It's like, now I just come in to watch and understand and and kind of get control over the development of my personality as it changes over time. And it's not linear, you know, it it 
it rises here, it falls here, it, it does all this. Whereas like your body is like this, and then your soul is just constant. It's always, you know, it never changes. And then, and it always changes. It's both. Um, and through that, I, I've, I've really come to understand that it's like a lot of the lesson where, where really people seem to learn the most historically and, and from my own experience, I witnessed the most change in myself and others is when you adopt a personality of play. So when, when play and not taking things serious is integrated into your personality, it becomes the breath that you do. So it is your work. It's your breath. It's your, the way that you talk. It's the way that you engage. It's the way that you love. And if, if you can integrate that into your personality, then no matter what you do, everything has a joyous, uplifting nature. And so it doesn't really matter what your job is. It doesn't really matter like what any of this stuff is. It's like you, you find ways to make it to make it fun. You find ways to take that that energy and 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 raise it in frequency, whatever means. You know, I just think making fun of it is a great way to do it. I think this is why like comedians have such a good time. It's like, it, you know, and there's a lot of comedians that aren't conscious of it. The ones that are conscious of it do seem to be having a little bit of a better time just because they they have that level of awareness. But even the ones that aren't conscious, I mean, there's some people who are like you know, massively depressed in comedy. I think there's some cognitive dissonance there between their understanding of what they're doing and who they are. Um, but even then, it's like they go out and they they make a joke out of like, you know, their depression and, and it, it look at the ripple effect that it has on the world. It's like if I had a, I had a coworker at, um, at one of my jobs and he had been through some serious shit some 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 big time trauma a lot of trauma a lot of lot of uh from a kid just like really really heavy stuff uh death heavy drug use um a lot of violence um inflicted on him and his family members uh lost his brother um to a a, a stabbing um when he was young and that, that man was so jovial he was very very jovial and upbeat i remember who you're talking um, about he yeah. was very, very just outgoing. And, and he told me every time he was like, he, I mean, basically in his own words, he said, he was like, this is how you do it. He was like, this is what you have to do. Uh, he's like, I'm going to get there. I'm going to get exactly what, what I want. I'm going to get exactly where I want to go. He would say this to me all the time. He'd say, because I treat life like this. Mm-hmm. And for him, it was, you know, he had kind of this external con consciousness that he had he had separated from himself of like you know God and Jesus, but but those things are are just part of the soul. They're they're all integrated into one. So so you can take that same understanding and apply it to anything. To him, having that mirror reflection out there really gave him a sense of strength and confidence that that he needed. Um, but I've seen people do it all kinds of different ways. It really it really doesn't matter. But yeah, connecting with that 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 self that understanding seeing that that split that trinity if you will mm-hmm. you know it 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 really it helps so much if you're suffering from a really depressive state of being it really helps so much to understand the finiteness of your life how quick and fleeting everything is. And when you understand how quick and fleeting your body is, then you understand that the time limit you have on experiencing you as an individual, really, sh- you should just be doing, you should just be making everything fun. You should not be taking everything so seriously. No, I agree. Yeah. I have, um, I have a, a very close person to me. We've talked about before 
you know, you have, you've talked about, we were talking about these three waves. Yesterday, I described it as I have my outer circle, I have my inner circle, and then I have my nucleus. And who is in my nucleus, who is in my inner circle, who is in my outer circle, and how I relate and interact with those and those three different waves of coming towards my center. Um, One of my closest people in my world is right now going through just that, is experiencing massive attachment to the old life, to what it was, what this person thinks it should look like, what it should be like. And there is sadness, anger, some depression, isolation, all of that occurring. And what I shared, which I share wisdom with this person all the time, what I shared is because I said, you're literally coming towards the end of your dark night of the soul. There's a term, the dark night of the soul. I went through it when we got back from South America, but I I mean, it can be as long your dark night of the soul as you need it to be in order to come into self-realization. You can have multiple dark nights of the soul. You can. I had one in high school and then there was a little algorithm lift up once I got to New York. The hip hop world that I was in, the rap industry was actually an uplift, which people would think, you know, that's so heavy. It was really fun. Because it's cathartic. It was cathartic. It was super intense. And it was a brand new movement. And I knew that I was coming in on the ground floor of something that was making great ripples of change that were needed on this planet. We knew it at the time. We knew that we were doing something really innovative and that made me excited and that was a lot of fun and it was really weighted and it was intense and I like that. I came into this life for that kind of fullness of experience. But then the Hollywood world, big dip down, dark night of the soul, really, really heavy. Meeting your father, upswing. You know, everything lifts up again. Everything is, and to observe your life And meditation is really the key to help us with that every day so that you can really observe your life's patterns, the algorithms of your own world that you're creating. And you'll see that you create it. When we got back from South America, South America was an upswing. And then there was the last attack at the top of the Andes Mountains by that guy who was just trying to get my backpack and kill me and take advantage of everything. (laughs) And that was just like the apex of... You have to move on and you're not listening. You want to stay here. No. And then everything was just a big downturn. And the dark night of the soul was probably as intense as it was when I was a teenager and was, you know, had the the suicidal ego. Well, this is where this person in my life is starting, is, is feeling somewhat, perhaps not to the degree of what I was experiencing in 2017, all the way to probably the end of 2018. It, it, it was, it felt like a long time. I was really struggling with myself. The number one thing, and I share this with everybody, the number one thing that I always knew that I had to focus on was what gives me pleasure in my day? What is simple and makes me feel good? Well, for me, I have a daily morning yoga practice and to be able to practice it outside in the sun in nature is bliss. So I would try to find as much moments of that as possible. We were living with a friend at the time in Portland and 
It's like, I can't provide for my kids. I was providing for my kids in Peru, but everything was stripped away. And when we came back, we had nothing. And my, you know, Nana and Papa were not going to take us in. There was nothing. And I had my friend. And I, I had you kids. I'm teaching you how to drive in the middle of all of that. And so the simple pleasures. I also totally indulged in raw cacao with coconut palm sugar and maple syrup at the time. That made me like, that was like my bliss was to be able to eat that with all my greens, all my green food. I was teaching yoga full time. Love teaching yoga. It's my greatest passion besides quantum healing. And I was able to focus on that, taking walks outside so I could process all of this mental, emotional garbage was key. Moving, walking, just like connecting with as many people as possible. And so I share with everybody all the time when they're in that low down algorithm, first of all, it's temporary. As you just said, it's finite. Life is finite. The lower realms are finite. Universe is algorithms and there is always an upswing. And that's why you got to practice observation and breathing and you have to laugh. Find laughter. This is when Muji really came into my world. A lot of laughing with Muji. Watch stupid YouTube channels. That was a big thing that came into my world too. There's For me, there's nothing funnier than than. Uh, pratfall comedy and people aren't actually intending it to be comedy. They're actually being serious about being superhuman and it doesn't work very well. Mm -hmm. I find that to be the most hilarious thing. Laugh at yourself, laugh at your thoughts, laugh at your emotions. I would be sobbing, sobbing, sobbing. And then I started laughing and I'm like, I'm so ridiculous, but you have to express your emotions as well. Absolutely. And this is what I've shared with my person is you've got to focus on only joy in your life. And you also have to let that old life go. New life is trying to come in. Laugh at how you're holding on because your ego thinks, that's all, this is my whole world. This is all I've ever known. But universe has something so much better for you. Mm. And if you laugh and relax and let go, it will come in. But the ego thinks, no, there's only death and I'm isolated and separated and it will never come in. Yeah, it will. It will come in. But yeah, definitely not taking yourself seriously at all. Laughing at the ego totally mm -hmm. is the way to go. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, um, I practice laughing at my, my ego all the time now because it's always doing something ridiculous. All the time, always, every day. It's always speaking something weird to me or telling me <laughs> telling me something something about about how the world is like death and pain and suffering and all that and i'm always like oh jesus you know there's with with there's this sense of like you know people say ignorance is bliss and i think people only say that when they're too afraid to actually like you know conquer their I don't think there's ego. anything blissful about ignorance. I don't think so all. either. I, I think that there's no I think there's no learning in ignorance. I think it's I like, either. you know, it's you, It's really boring. It's so much more empowering and beneficial to your life to be expose yourself to all of these things that are that are dark and like, you know, shine light in the face of them. That's really oh, absolutely. like That's where the true power comes from. That's where all of this like growth comes from. It's like you know, it's it's with anything. Um, 
No, I'll tell you, you, you figured it out when you're laughing at death. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. When you've created death yeah. as a joke. It's I like agree. when I talked to you about um, my sister Julie's uh, cremation and then we spread her ashes and she made the joke on her death. But I'm like, what do you want to do with your ashes? And she, you know, she's so drugged up. She's like, I don't know. You can compost them for all I care. And then we go to Cannon Beach to whip her and so windy, whip her ashes right. out of the boxes. And we didn't realize that there was still like a quarter of her ashes still left in our box. Nana yeah. and Papa had theirs. Her widower had his. And then we get back to the, the townhouse and your father, he's like, whoop, <laughs> <laughs> you might want to do something with that. They're still in. And I, and I just heard her laughing and she says, compost them. I told you to we had a compost pile up in the back. And I said, well, Julie, you said compost them for all I care. There we go. You have to laugh at absolutely everything because life is ridiculous. It is. And it's designed that way. Mm -hmm. It's designed to be this great cosmic amusement park ride joke. And we created the joke on our own self. That's why the ego is so big and ridiculous. The ego is ridiculous. My ego is so theatrical, so over the top. My ego loves to mess with me through music, through songs. And every morning it's playing with me by my clear audience will tune into somebody's pops thing. This morning, it was that song that Santana just did the background um, uh, guitar on. Do 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 ba 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 do 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 do. Sounds cool. I don't remember it, but it's old. I hear that, and I hear the guy's voice, and I can't his vocals. It's not Santana. It's he. Santana collaborated with this guy, and I didn't like this guy's vocals. Give me the dump that up there, or just forget about it. Oh, I know this song. And I literally am hearing that while I'm rolling as I roll my body out on my roller every morning. And every morning it's a different song. Yeah. I don't listen to pop music. And I'm like, all right, did we go in a store yesterday? Were they playing that song? <laughs> Why is that sticky? Because that'll happen. It'll just bat around in my field. And I'm listening to it. And I'm like, yeah, I was never really into that song. Oh, did, do the guides have like a message through the lyrics? I couldn't hear the lyrics. All I heard was a bunch of mush. And it's just that tune, and it's literally just my ego just being dramatic and messing with me. I mean, it, r lately, it's been 70s songs. Um, I've been hearing a lot of Captain and Tennille, and this is a song. <laughs> Not Captain and Tennille. <laughs> this song has been recurring. Oh, God. Is Tony Tennille's mom told her and her sisters that you'd better shop around for a good man, and they made a song out of it. It's called Shop Around. Uh -huh. My mama told me you better shop around to do to you better shop around do 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 bottom I mean I listened to that that album growing up but that will pop in when I'm in the kitchen and I'm like what's going on ego you better shop around. And I'll hear the whole thing like I'm sitting at the stereo system in the 70s as a kid. So this is what my ego does for me. This is the worst thing that my ego does. I got to listen to random pop songs that I have been hearing my entire life. And because I don't listen to pop music anymore and I haven't listened to pop music in years, 
And it's, I'm literally, t- I'll hear a signal coming from way out there and then it'll come in. The Beach Boys, catch a wave as you're sitting on top of the world. Do, 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 do. And I'm like, oh my God. What? <laughs> Some catchy what? music. They what really is, knew what they were what doing is back then. that about? Why? I listened to the Beach Boys all growing up. I don't need to listen to the Beach Boys anymore. Who needs to listen to the Beach Boys anymore? Go to a casino where they're playing. Because that's really where their venue is. You know, people who have Good. never listened to the Beach Boys maybe could listen to the Beach Boys a little <laughs> Your bit generation more. is loving all that old music. But, you know, I'm like, that's the, I don't hear anymore my ego doing anything heavy or dark. I'm not getting heavy messages from my ego anymore. <laughs> no, I'm not. And I used to. It used to be pretty bad. But that's what I'll hear. I'll hear these songs and they just pop in and then I'll, it's it just sounds like Muzak above like clouds. And then after a while, I'm going... Am I hearing a song? <laughs> and it makes me laugh. I think it's my ego just trying to mess with me. And I'm mm-hmm. just like, all right, did you want to play? Are we playing? Are we playing Name That Tune? Which used yeah. to be a, a, a game show in the 70s. Are we playing Name That Tune? Are we playing Musical Chairs? What are we playing, Ego? Ego just wants to play. Ego wants to do something different. Ego wants to change it up. Ego's like, I want you to sing more. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play songs that you know. Just because I know them doesn't mean I like them. Doesn't mean that as you find in that. And there's a fly, fly in my face. <laughs> a fruit fly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's we have to learn to play with the ego. There was this whole thing, and yoga's big on this. Ego is bad. You gotta kill the ego. You've gotta get rid of the ego. Okay, we've already figured that out. Ego's not bad. We need the ego, but we only need the ego to be about 10% of our experience. We're consciousness. We use the ego to play. We use the ego to express, but we really need to have control over it. So I've moved into a space now where my ego is my child and we like to play and we do a lot of play. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You were gonna say something earlier. What were you gonna say? Oh, uh, did you forget it? I don't remember. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely not. That was ages ago. (laughs) That was like days ago in my mind, you know, (laughs) we're we're not there right now. So I know like the one thing that I used to hear digs on from my family is you're so dramatic. And I'm like, well, and then I learned how to make fun of it and say, well, somebody has to be dramatic. Source clearly wants to experience drama. And that's why we created the Leo sun sign Mm -hmm. is for drama. And with my Jupiter and Leo 20, degrees I embody it very well and so I learned how to take what I used to think was a flaw and my outer my outer world would reflect that back to me oh you're so intense you're so and I'd say somebody has to be intense (laughs) and I do it really well yeah and I'm funny I I just found that like you've got to get in touch with yourself and I really just think that it's like you you come here to to create something but it's like the thing that you're creating, it's really, it's you. You got to create yourself. You are creating you. Because you come in, you're, you're, kind of, you're kind of a blank slate. I mean, this, this thing starts to form over time. At the beginning, you're just kind of like a parrot of whatever's around you, you know? You're, we're all mirrors of each other. And, when, and I just watched a, a YouTube channel that I tune into every once in a while. They just had a baby. And their son, and, and they're realizing that like when they stick their tongue out at him, he sticks his tongue back out at them. Well, we used to do that to you three. After, when you were born, your father was really good at doing them. And right, you would do that back. Right. And we are mirrors to each other. And that's why 
we know that when we have a baby, we first of all, we want to be as nurturing to that baby as possible, which is what I was very conscious of with all three of you. Second, we want to mirror back really how amazing the world is to our to our children. Yeah. And you want to be that incredible mirror. At, at, at a soul level, it's like the whole point of experiencing this is to feel some sense of individualization. Yes, so absolutely. When you come in, you don't feel like an individual because you're still connected to everything else. You're still per- so, pure consciousness and you're observing. Yeah, so you're so you're in an observational state and you're watching all of this that's been created for you and all of this is like, you see all these bright colors and different people and all these animals and all of this stuff and you're like, wow, like the world is so big and vast, but... But even then, it's like you you have to learn over time that the real thing that matters to you is like outside of that, like all of that is a manifestation of the thing that you're here to do, which is find what makes you different and yeah. bring that difference out into the world. Yes, because Source desires to learn through diversity. Yeah. And that's why as a parent, we become very attached to our children. There's no way you can't if you care about your children. If you're sociopathic or psychopathic, you're not. If you're narcissistic, you're not. But, and unfortunately, there's too many people who are in those categories that do have children. But my myself, I had you guys, in order to experience parenting, in order to give and receive, I wanted the relationship. I wanted the interaction. I had you kids to have community. I wanted to have you kids to watch the human process of inception and birth and growth and all of that. I wanted to see creation coming from me. And in that creation process, when your children become adolescents, they have to find their own voice, their own individuality. And the problem with the patriarchy on this planet is it's teaching everyone to do the same thing in the same way. And we're taught as parents, literally through just watching everybody else. Oh, you need to grow up and go to university. You need to become a doctor or go into law. You need to follow in the family footsteps. We even give our children family names, the name of the parents, the name of the grandparents to honor everybody else. But what about the kid? Mm-hmm. What about the child? Yes, I gave all three of you um, family middle names, but your first names were the names that you guys picked yourselves completely. And when the children go through adolescence, there is that natural separation and it can be aggressive. No, I don't want I don't want your world. I don't want what you're doing. It's hard on the parents when there's attachment to the children, but it is a necessary stage of growth. That children say, I don't want your world. And the more conscious parent works through the ego attachment. I did. It was hard. It sucked. But I did. And then you have to let your kids go. Because when you do, they have to fall and then they fly and then they find their own world. And then if you're a loving parent and if you're a beautiful person, They come back into your life. And then there's a different relationship with them. Mm -hmm. Then there's, this is who I am. And when you're the conscious parent, you say, 
I am so fascinated by how you see the world and it's different than how I see it. Share that with me. Mm -hmm. And then there's that wonderful interaction. And then the humor comes in. Thank you so much uh, to everyone who listened to this week's episode of the podcast. Uh, feel free to check us out on Instagram at One Long Conversation to get some updates on our future episodes, our future content. Um, you can also follow us on Patreon and become a member. We have a lot of interesting and awesome perks and uh, cool ways to connect with us and, and our community that we're forming there. So go over to Patreon uh, at One Long Conversation and you'll find us there. Um, we also have these episodes going out on YouTube now. So if you go to YouTube, yet again, at One Long Conversation, uh, you will find video versions of these episodes. Um, so yeah, thank you so much. We'll see you next time.